0: perfect for a moment to unwind and so when you want to hit reset reach for the beer that's made to chill get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart Coors Brewing Company Golden Colorado and as always celebrate
1: this is uh... Joe Cole this is Ruben Loftus-Cheek and you're listening to the The London's Blue Blue Podcast. Podcast
0: All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another episode of the London is Blue podcast. As always, your host, Brandon, joined by Nick and Dan, my co-host. Gentlemen, FA Cup edition. We've got Luton Town. Uh, Nick, putting in the hard work on this one, uh, learning a lot about Luton Town pre-pod here today <laughs> in the uh, the history of their football club and the relationship with the town, haven't we?
2: We we went on a bit of a fact-finding mission. Look, as you'll know, we, we're more of a Premier league Champions League type of opponent uh, for, for a lot of folks, but when we do dip down into the lower leagues, we do like to find out about, uh, about things like the Hatters, Dan, and and where said Hatter's nickname uh, comes from.
3: Well, it comes from a hat making trade, a history of hat making, and uh, you know, unfortunately, the hat they made today uh, could not keep them uh, warm after being torn apart and shredded by uh, no, a wonderful Chelsea You missed
2: tea. it. You missed the whole opportunity. They Swing gifted enemies. a hat trick to one of our players. Come on, what are we All doing? All right. The Hatters, Hatters. come on. He's just got to warm up, Nick, all right? We'll we'll
0: give him him to the three-word match review. I'll try to stall a little (laughs) bit, but yeah, it is the Luton Town FA Cup fourth-round match uh, review in case you aren't sure what you signed up for uh, with this podcast. But anyways, to kick it off, Dan, we do have the three word match review and what we're gonna be talking about this episode. So kick us off here.
3: Yeah, we've got a we've got a few in here that are pretty good. We've got a, a lot of player specific ones. You know, I think there's a lot of player championing today. They were couple for Billy Gilmore football opinions with Bird, Plain, Gilmore. Oh, hmm. like Superman. Uh hmm. James with more of Gilmore.
2: You missed yeah. the trick with the you should have used M O U R, you know.
3: I, I did I did tweet that it weren't two people I, to help half them out. Turn.
2: A half turn there,
3: yep. A few for Mount. Uh, Claire with the Mount Captain Fantastic. Trey with the Captain Mounts Blues. Both of those excellent call-out for the man of the day uh, in some capacity, or one of the men of the day. Cobham Crew also getting some love as well. We had Eric with the Academy Answers. Adam with the wonderful Maiden Cobham it's uh, always a perennial favorite here and then Tammy with a lot of love uh Jay the birthday boy with Tammy's and performance okay okay uh AD Thompson with the Tammy the Magnificent Kieran with Tammy B. Luton.
2: I like that one that's a good And then one.
3: Georgia Blues with the you know just the standard oh Tammy Tammy hey. Tammy,
2: Tammy, 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 Tammy Tammy Abraham, Tammy, yeah. Abraham.
3: Yep. yeah easy
0: Uh, Look, it's it's a good day out. Right. And I think that's part of mine. Right. Is content in isolation. If you are just looking at the FA Cup, I'm content. I'm good. There's a bigger (laughs) context, though. So I'm content in isolation. Dan, you're talking about some things that I don't know how much you know about them. Snow. What do you know about snow?
3: Grew up in the Northeast. I I do know what snow is. We got four Uh, inches last night yeah dan (laughs) we also have snow in in the pacific northwest too Uh, not as much as you guys but hot snow days you know because uh the football was hot and it was a snowy day easy done bam
0: yeah extra work for the grounds crew uh but they did great uh
2: nick over to you finding loose change i like this one it's a double entendre you could go any way you want with it and i will talk about said three word match review as we go throughout the script
0: all right. Well, to to help with that double entendre, we're going to be talking about how the Cobham crew lifted Frank and the supporters' spirits with their passionate performances, and we'll obviously have to touch on one Billy Goat return to the eleven and his midfield magic and a two man midfield with Mason. And uh, that's Captain Mason to you listening out there. And then we'll talk about the continued questions Frank has in his attacking troops. Uh, It would, it just wouldn't be a real podcast if we, if we couldn't talk about Frank and where he's at right now. So anyways, huge shout outs of appreciation to the Patreon crew that have joined up big week for Patreon with Andrew, Johan, Jose, Peter, Randall, and Brendan. Thank you. Uh, Make sure you're all in the discord. If not uh, ping us and I will send you a fresh invite. Dan, you have not been left out. You have an Apple podcast review.
3: Look, only one, but it seems perfectly timed that we got this five-star Apple podcast review on the day Billy Gilmore has a great match. It's Glasgow Chelsea leaves a five-star Apple podcast review from the UK. And uh, yeah, so... Be like that individual. Leave a five-star podcast review, and we'll shout it out later this week when we do the uh, match review for Wolves.
0: And Nick, heads up at this week, we got a lot coming again.
2: Yeah, big pod week. I know at the start of the year, you've only been treated to the two podcasts a week, which is pretty low for us. Uh, But we have another Matt Law special coming your way, so get involved there. I don't know what we'd have to talk about. There's no controversy around the club right now at all, so uh, that'll be fun. Uh, we're we're bringing back uh, Mike Ryan Ruiz for the Wolves match review on Wednesday, and then uh, you know because the footballing gods uh, cannot cut Chelsea a break. Burnley playing the best football they have in years are now our our opponent next weekend, and we're going to preview that. I uh, think on Friday is probably when we'll release that. So uh, look, that's what you got. <laughs> There's a lot going on. Always, always, always with Chelsea. But hey, we're here to cover it, so
0: we hope that you'll be. There with us uh, throughout the whole week. But here we are for the match review. It was Luton Town in the FA Cup this past Sunday, the 24th of January. It was at Stanford Bridge, a snowy Stanford Bridge. I love seeing Lee Parker's uh, Instagram story mm-hmm. today. He's the pitch side announcer and the you know, official interviewer uh, for Chelsea Football Club and friend of the pod. Anyways, uh, the scoreline were Chelsea 3, Hatters 1. Uh, we're going to send you to the goals. Not sure if these are going to come from the fifth stand up, but either way, Jake, the editor, will get us goals and we'll run through them uh, just to review what happened in the match. Here we go.
4: Frank Lampard not looking particularly happy standing there in the freezing cold, is he? Just three wins from their last 10 games, Chelsea. This could break for Abraham, who slots it in the corner. And Chelsea have the lead after 10 minutes. Well, from nothing, really. Werner got away down the right-hand side, Luton didn't deal with it, and Tammy Abraham really just passed it into the net for his ninth goal of the season. 82% possession for Chelsea, tells its own story. Mount finds James, Ziyech. James just lifts it in again, Abraham's in there! The goalkeeper thought about coming, changed his mind. And Abraham punishes Luton again with his head this time. 2-0 to Chelsea. And Panzu... No bit of ...space to get that cross in and it's drilled goalwards. Oh, a bad mistake from Kepa and Jordan Clark has pulled one back for Luton. It should never have gone in, but the Hatters aren't complaining. Jordan Clark has volleyed that home,
1: Kepa with another mistake. A real shocker of a mistake, but this is the first time Luton really pegged Chelsea back. Emerson, could you have stopped this cross going in? No, he turns his back and Zuma sort of jumps out the way as well, but Clark keeps it down really well, but the goalkeeper, Kepa,
4: has got to save this. Chelsea looking to re-establish their two-goal margin. This will drop to James.
1: Abraham! Oh, right across the goal line couldn't quite stretch his foot out and get something on that, Tammy Abraham. Ziyech
4: to Rhys James, great ball in. Oh, terrific save to deny. Christian Pulisic should have scored, but great stop from Sluga. Pulisic. Zies. On his left foot, that's what he wants. He's pulled it back and mount over. Oh, they're just cutting through Luton down the flanks. They just can't finish these chances off. Now, James has lost out to the substitute, Dan Potts, here. And Panzu, he's got it onto Cornick. Good save by Aretha Balaga. That's the chance that Luton have been waiting for.
1: Absolutely, and it's Dan James who. And James, who gets caught out here, and suddenly Dan Potts puts a lovely ball in. Played right out the other side, but really, Rhys James has got to deal with that. Hudson Adoy heads for the byline. Abraham! Oh, what a chance. A, for a hat trick, and B, to kill this cup tie. Yeah, you've got to be clinical, you're creating the chances and people have got to start putting the ball in the back of the net, not missing chances like that. I know Tammy's got two, but really, that should have been three. It's on a plate for him from this guy. hudson Adoy to Gilmore to Hudson-Odoi, Abraham's in his
4: time! And that's that. hudson Adoy with a wonderful impact. Tammy Abraham from half a yard couldn't miss for his hat-trick, and that is surely Chelsea into round five of the FA Cup yet again. No foul there by Christensen, and that could be trouble. Werner, he's been clipped, has he? That's got to be a penalty, surely. Five minutes to play. Werner sees his penalty, saved by Sluga. Well done, Snuger. Anyways, uh,
0: hat trick for Tammy. Big, big day for him. But Dan, to get him his hat trick, uh, we got to start with the lineup, which this was interesting. I personally did not wake up at 5 a.m. to see the lineup fresh out of Lampard's hands. Uh, Shout out to you for a 4 (laughs) a.m. kickoff and the rest of the West Coasters could not have been easy whatsoever. So uh, a, a groggy lineup for you, sir.
3: It was a little bit, you know, that, well, you still got a tweet out. So, you know, that's how you know I was up. Um, look, it was Kepler Aretha Belaga between the sticks. Reese James, Andreas Christensen, Kurt Zuma, and Emerson as the back four. Uh, and then, you know, we say it's a four-two-three-one. It could have been a four-four-two 2 at times. Uh, the way it lines up, you've got Mason Mount, Billy Gilmore as a bit of a, a pivot there. You've got the Hockam Ziyech, Timo Werner, Christian Pulisic, Combo with Tammy Abraham. And so it, it was really fluid, though. You know, I don't necessarily know if I'm going to kind of box it into one set number. Because, again, we're not, we're not about formations. We're about styles and systems of play. That's, that's the important part. Uh, Antonio Rudiger, Jorginho, Blake Caballero, Ben Chilwell, and Cesar Espoqueda, your unused substitutes, Mateo Kovacic, Olivier Giroud, Calum Hudson-Odoi, and Kai Havertz all making appearances off the bench today.
0: All right, top-level stats for you. Chelsea with 68% possession, 21 shots to Luton's 8-7 on target to their three. We... Um, yeah, as you'd expect, dominated in a lot of areas. Five fouls to their nine, no cautions. Uh, two offsides for us, three for them. Seven corner sus, three for them, yada, yada, yada. Uh, boring, boring stuff here. So let's just go ahead, since we don't have an XG graph, Nick, I'll save you. And we'll just talk about the Cobham crew right away, our first talking point. And no other place to start than Tammy Abraham, hat trick hero. Uh, Opta Joe setting the stage here with three, Tammy Abraham is the first player to score an FA cup hat trick for Chelsea since Oscar did it versus MK Dons back in January, 2016. And he was the first Englishman to do so since now manager, Frank Lampard did it against Macclesfield in January, 2007. Magic, magic of the cup. Uh, Tammy
2: had a pretty good day. Tammy did have a pretty good day. Um, it it was helpful that he seemed to be about eight inches taller than every other um, Luton Town player <laughs> on the field. Uh, on on headers, uh, there was clearance there, in um, in ability. But uh, look, I think one of the undercovered stories of this year, by the end of it, will be Tammy Abraham's continued improvement uh, for Chelsea. It's it's maybe not the topic that everyone wants to cover given the price tags of other players. But I think what you're seeing is a guy when he's in that does everything he can to score. Like he, he just looks like the hungriest player on the field to me when he's in. Um, And sometimes that works to his detriment, right? Sometimes he gets frustrated. Sometimes, you know, there, there are a couple of opportunities today. I know he wants back. Right. But, I think to finish off the hat trick is a really big deal for him. You know, you'll remember that he started off his Chelsea career with a hat trick at Wolves, right? Um, And to now kind of see that come full circle after his ups and downs of the last year. uh, Dan, to me, Tammy Abraham is a guy, along with Olivier Giroud, that's what competition looks like at the top of a Premier League team. One guy gets an opportunity, bangs in a hat trick. The other guy is going to get another opportunity. Let's see if he can do the same, right? Let's see if they can continue battling it out. And all the while, you have another guy who's seeing a lot of minutes and producing very little. So that's very interesting.
3: Well, and yeah, I don't want to use that maybe as a way to kind of talk about where other players aren't performing. I still want to kind of stay on the Tammy continuing to deliver end of it. You know, I think we we saw multiple styles of goals today which is always a nice thing to see from your striker that he's not scoring in one particular way right he's coming in late to the the box to get the you know, the back assist from Timo for the first one he's able to get up and get the header for the second goal and then he's able to really claim at the back post uh his his third goal for the match and so ultimately you know it, it was a game where actually Tammy probably feels like he could have gotten more, which is crazy to say when you have someone score three. But there were also a couple of really well whipped in passes just right in front of the keeper in the six yard box that could have easily been tapped in. It's the famous I could have scored that that Nick says. And you know what? In that scenario, he probably could have because it just needed like a hair to touch it. and It would have gone into the goal. So, I mean, look, Tammy had a great game. I think positionally he was where he needed to be. He was connecting well. And also he was freeing up others, right? He was a lot with, you know, he, him kind of being willing to kind of drop back in a little deeper at times was giving Werner a lot of, uh, free space to, to roam and, and find a little bit of good, goodness there too, Brandon. So ultimately it was just a, in generally a very good day out and, uh, kind of an all around performance from Tammy.
0: He definitely had, uh, extra space that he's not used to having, mm-hmm. uh, definitely, uh, Took advantage of it, which is good. It's what you want to see. To me, that just shows that um, the margins are just tighter in the Premier League. And and when you when he plays down a level, remember he was at this level, what, two seasons ago? It wasn't that long ago. He's playing in the championship with Aston Villa. Now he looks head and shoulders to Nick's point quite literally, uh, above the championship level. He is an established Premier League player, and I think that's an important uh, note about Tammy as well with this. And then again, um, he was clinical. Uh, he, he took his chances. We've seen a lot of missed chances this season, which has been really hard to watch. Um, we'll have to go through some of the stats to kind of see where he stacks up, but Tammy Abraham, for the most part, has produced – when given the opportunity, and he did it today. But again, I think today you praise him for finding the space, attacking the crosses when they came to him and just genuinely being up for it. I mean, that's all you can ask, you know, when even when we play down a level, all you ask is for the players to go out there and just prove that you're above them. And Tammy definitely uh raised the bar in this one and just were like, hey, Luton. Uh, I know it's two one, but guess what? We're above you. We're gonna, you know, smash you up a little bit. And he was definitely one of the standout performers today. Um, and when it comes to forwards, confidence is very key. And this is a huge step for him. I mean, we haven't even talked. To see what we do against Wolves because it's gonna be another quick turnaround. But does he play again? Does he not? We we can get into that a little bit later. Um, the the other one was uh, Captain Mason Mount. I was surprised, honestly, that Mount was the captain, not because of Mason, Dan, because Aspie didn't play. So Reese apparently is healthy, which is a whole nother thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in the absence of Tiago and Aspie, does it make sense
3: that Mason's next in line? And Virginia. Yeah. Does it make sense, even if
0: Jorginho's there, maybe that Mason is next in line?
3: Well, he's also, look, he's, you know, Frank has given the armband to Conte this season as well. I mean, Kurzuma's worn the armband before. So, I mean, there were definitely options for him. But, I mean, look, when you think about a player this season, and look, there's a lot of people who love Mason Mount. There's a lot of people who just find ways to nitpick and just, yeah. There was like, we, we love our friends on the Chelsea Reddit who invited us for a wonderful AMA, but there was like a thread about like Mason Mount and they were trying to kind of like, well, this is one example of where he didn't contribute. I was like, how are you basing an analysis off an individual example? That's terrible. But anyway... Mason, uh, well-deserved, well-earned to be the the captain. Um, Definitely, it seemed like he played with a little bit of an extra edge today. Uh, I mean, when the match official is the only one taking you down at uh, a couple of odd points in the match, Nick, um, that's usually a pretty good day out, right?
2: Yeah, look, (laughs) I I mean, to me, this... Given what the team have produced over the last month and a half... Uh, more now probably about two months really this is a clear signal to me that what has been going on on the pitch is not good enough and mason's been the through line the only consistent performer in during that time you could argue whether he's been you know kind of a plus performer or not and like we've had many jousts with our friend Mike Ryan I'm sure we will again on that um, being on different sides of that argument but I think it's pretty clear that you know Frank's looking around at some of these other teams that were in similar positions last year Manchester United Arsenal they've trusted youth they've trusted inexperience because the experience wasn't performing Uh, he highlighted that in his post-match press conference today um that the young guys are the ones who are typically stepping up. And I think it's just a credit to Mason. Like, he's clearly respected. Like, if you saw the Instagram stories after the game from the players, he's clearly respected from those guys. Uh, And to see him walk out, you know, leading the team out, I think is a pretty clear indicator of where this team is at right now, which is we have more experienced performers who have not been performing at a level that is acceptable for Chelsea Football Club, Mason Mount has shown the heart, the fight, the desire uh, to be captain. And while this may be, he may be fifth in the pecking order of, of captaincy, it doesn't mean that he won't be captain again this season. It doesn't mean he's going to be automatic captain moving forward either. But to me, Brandon, I think the the indicator is that if there was ever a time to make a... Statement about leadership within your club, it's right now. I mean, we're at a huge tipping point, right? And what's been going on, what, what's who's been leading so far has not worked. We definitely talked
0: about the Mason Mount leadership point uh, against Leicester City and kind of his trying to will the team on and his relentless fight. And, you know, I made the comparison to Declan Rice because he's assumed a vice captain leadership position in West Ham. Him and Mason are great friends. This probably confirms my guess that him and Frank have talked about this. You know, I know it's Luton Town, but for Mason Mount to captain the Chelsea first team, it has to be massive for him. Mm -hmm. Chelsea Chatter, great follow if you haven't followed. Chatter, C-H-A-D-D-E-R, tweeted, Mason Mount is Chelsea FC's youngest captain since John Terry back in 2002. Good luck, Mason Mount. Hashtag CFC. And it's got a pick with Little Mason, Ash Cole, and JT. And it just reminds you that like we had JT for a long time, and he was Chelsea through and through. There's a new crop of academy boys that are in the first team, and Mason... Mason seems to hold that role better than the others. And I'm not saying that's good or bad on the other players. Leadership is a completely different skill set that goes on top of the already required skill set of being a top footballer. The added weight of being a leader is not for all. And that is okay. Reese James is a quiet person, but holy smokes, will he bust someone up on the field, right? He has no problem with that. Tammy is a striker just because of position. Strikers aren't usually captains. He's worried about himself. And to be fair, that's because scoring is the hardest thing to do in soccer. Therefore, that's all he needs to be focused on. Uh, And then as a midfield creator, Mason is a good shout for that. And he has great people to learn from. And Thiago Silva and Aspi LaQuieta. This was a great step in his career. And to get the victory with it as
2: well super excited, super thrilled. Can, can I just quickly add on this? Uh, Please. The, the belief, you know, like there, there are, as you just illustrated, there are different types of leaders, right? There are some some people who are comfortable playing a secondary role or, or a more kind of quiet leadership role on the field. There are some people like Jorginho and Rudiger who can't shut up when they're on the field. They need to talk. They need to be yapping. And that's a good thing. Like I, I think generally communicating on on a football pitch is a very good thing. Um, J.T. was that way. Right. But I think for Mason, sometimes as a a, as a young professional or when you when you take a first step into like a formal leadership role, just having the belief in your from from your bosses that you can do this type of thing and, and that you are being looked at as the guy instead of always being looked at as like a contributor is a big, big, big deal. I mean, and sometimes, you know, as we've seen in the past, that's not for everybody. Sometimes the pressure is too much. It didn't look that way for Mason today. It looked like he's been unleashed a little bit. And if that's the case, that's very good. (laughs) It really is.
0: There's this crop of young English players that are stepping into these leadership roles at a young age. Declan Rice, Jack Grealish. James Madison is even taking a bigger role for Leicester City. Phil Foden is at least breaking in. I wouldn't say he's a leadership role, right? Mason, to me, Dan, has looked like he's matured massively this season. He just seems to carry himself differently. Uh, I know he still makes poor decisions with his facial hair, but his hairstyle seems a little bit more mature. Um, But you know, if he's in this England squad, again, with a player like Grealish and Decker's they're all kind of going through this together. And he, again, I was smiling while Nick was talking because he's still only 22. I looked up his age and I have to remind myself, he's still a kid, but he's acting wiser beyond his years. And it wasn't that long ago he made that mistake of playing in the park with Declan because he just loves football so much during the lockdown. Um, But I think he's starting to kind of see a bigger picture and a bigger role with Chelsea and like, it's just hard for me not to smile and, th- and think of Mason Mount as the captain at Chelsea.
3: And look, we would be remiss if we didn't say that there were areas in this match even where he could have offered a bit of a better performance. I mean, his shot that he took where he was kind of maybe falling backwards, actually, instead yeah. of his typical fall forward to try to score, he was actually, gravity was pulling him backward, and he skied it up and probably could have done a lot better, probably had an extra second where he could have just controlled it a little bit. Um you know but ultimately, like those are the things that his game will need to continue to improve, and maybe the added onus of being the captain is something that will continue to spur him forward as he looks at his Chelsea career and his own stated goal of scoring a minimum of ten goals a season. Which I would lo- like if he's scoring ten goals a season, he will be in the team for a decade plus and beyond. And everyone who finds a way to come out of the gutters the moment he has one bad touch will have no place in the sunshine. They will be banished to the darkest of realms. Realms, right.
2: people. You're in different <laughs> realms now.
0: All right. Uh Well, I think I'm going to put a kibosh to this Cobham crew love, this gush fest, because... There are other players that we can gush about that didn't come through the Academy. No, I'm just kidding. We're going to talk about Billy Gilmore, some more Academy products. <laughs> and then we'll obviously we'll get into Frank uh, talking about the attack uh, with Pulisic and Timo and, and maybe a little Callum Hudson, Adoy to tease it. So a uh, huge shout out to these sponsors for financially supporting the show. Uh, hope you like the ad breaks, but we'll be right back. All right. So as a tease on the other side of the break, Dan, we've got more Cobham crew magic from this match. Um, Someone who maybe has been a little hard done on the lack of minutes lately, Billy Gilmore, also known affectionately as Billy goatmore uh and what he did today so i'll I'll let you tee us up with a little bit of what he did today on the pitch statistically and then we can get into the uh the good old emotional reactions
3: yeah we we got the stats we got the Nick verlaney eye test it's all going to come together for a glorious retelling and recounting of the legend of Billy Gilmore continuing to grow. But his stats for the match today, 84 touches. He had 70 accurate passes, 92.1% pass accuracy, 13 of 16 accurate long balls, two aerial duels out of two, one, one block shot, one interception, one tackle, two clearances, and definitely played a part in the build-up to the final goal that we scored in this match. So, Yeah, look, he was all over it. And I mean, it just, it's someone you want to see. I I think that the hard part, Nick, is you want to see him develop quicker than like maybe where he is at today because you can see like what his future could hold on, like unfolds like, look like for him, but also for Chelsea as well if we continue to play him. And so it's hard not to get like super excited, but also to rein that emotion in and contextualize appropriately.
2: (laughs) I mean, Let's just use the one lens, right of midfielders we have and the performances they're offering to date. It's not as if we've had a ton of standout performers in in the midfield this season. You know, I think Mason has clearly cemented his place as a starter, and then you have a bunch of other players. Including one of my favorite players of all time, Golo Kante, who's really fallen off over the last month or so and is injured. So when you watch Billy Gilmore play, and of course it's against Lutontown. Um, of course, it's against Morecambe. You know, of course, it's sparing minutes in other places, right? Let's contextualize that piece. But when you watch him advance the ball and you watch him connect passes and you watch him receive the ball and take pressure off the defense it makes you wonder why he's not playing more. I, I don't I don't get it. it. like I think he is the most natural number six that we have in the team. It doesn't mean he's suited to play against every kind of opponent necessarily yet. Um, but in a game like this, I mean it, here's the thing. I think we've all we've all said if we're gonna play this high possession nonsense that I, I've really grown to dislike over the last year and a half, then you might as well have a guy who could pass the ball forward. <laughs> I mean, like you got to retain possession. <laughs> like that's a the thing to me. It's like you're you're handcuffing yourself with with some of the other options in your team. So I I love the way that he played today. He looked hungry. Uh, he he was all over the, the the field, and him and Mason looked like they had a decent connection. Although that was the first time that we played those two in that particular role, and it really did kind of frame up as like a four two 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 formation to me a little bit um yeah that was the way I was seeing it I don't know if anyone else disagrees with that but you know I, I thought he was good today and it just makes you wonder why he wouldn't start against Wolves Brandon like that I, I don't know what else he can do well
0: um unfortunately Naz with a bit of a well, is a great quote. Uh, Lampard's scaring me a little bit. It says, Lampard on Billy Gilmore, quote, at the moment, he won't go on loan, but we will keep it open until the end of the month, end quote. And you just go, did <laughs> you have to say the last part, Frank? <laughs> Don't say that
3: part out loud.
0: <laughs> and I think Matt Laws talked about it on the podcast that, you know, this this Euros tournament for Scotland and Billy is massively important. And Billy wants to play, obviously. It's a balancing act. But to your point, Nick, do you think many fans want to see Jorginho in there right now over Billy Gimmore? Like a Mateo Kovacic does something different. My frustration all season has been our lack of getting our head up and playing an early ball in. Uh, Ziyech played a couple great balls in. It helped that Luton Town played a high line. Uh, maybe a bit naive, even if they had five defenders. Uh, and again, Billy with 13 of 16 accurate long balls. That alone, because when we have 68% possession, I don't care what he did defensively because we didn't have to worry about that. The fact that he is spraying passes into space, uh, getting defenders to run at their own mm-hmm. goal. These are the things I want to see in attack that I haven't seen. And when you have a Kovacic, Mount Overts where Mount Avertz are looking to get up almost as, you know, between eights and tens. Uh, You need someone to do that. Jorginho doesn't look for it. Kovacic doesn't look for it. Like, Billy offers you something different. Um, And while you're struggling, we'll kind of see where we are with Frank, right? Does he go to young, hungry players? Or does he go with, quote, unquote, established professionals, internationals that maybe don't get you excited, really? So, Mm -hmm. you know, last season, Billy played over Jorginho. Right. we did. I, would we see Jorginho once since the restart last season? This season, we've bought some players and it seems like that's kind of gone away. So, you know, I, I, I think I, I speak for most fans and they say, hey, don't loan him out. We need him. He is a better option than a lot of the things we have. Maybe it's a balancing, but we would love to see more minutes from Billy. And, and I, I think that that is probably the fan sentiment. But then you go back to Jorginho seems to be ahead of him in the pecking order again. I don't have a good answer why. I, I, it doesn't fill me with excitement.
2: No, I, he, Billy is connective tissue between the defense and the attack. Jorginho is not. Like, that. that's a simple way that I can explain that. Billy will string things together between those two units. He will look up. He's not perfect. I Like, I don't want to build him or hype him to an unreasonable level, because I don't think that's a a healthy thing to do. But like, again, just comparing him off of what we have seen this year when Conte is healthy and he's performing at his best, he obviously starts like that is what it is. But when he's not healthy or playing well, and Jorginho's not really a fit for this team and Kovacic is a high possession, carry the ball type. And you know, you look down like there's just not there's not anyone who does what Billy does right now, and so that's why he has to play. And the I it kind of feels like trolling to me to even say the the loan thing. It kind of just feels like Lampard's been pretty spiky lately. I'll just say that out loud. Like I I think some of his recent pre, uh, pre-game uh, press conference quotes were. You know, while a lot of people got fired up by that, I was really, really off put by it. Like, and I think he's trolling people. I think he's upset and he might just be throwing some stuff out there to misdirect, which is fine. Whatever he can do what he's gonna do. but it doesn't seem like he's in a good place right now. Dan, uh,
0: with Billy. Is it unreasonable to think that him and Golikante and a Mason or Kai can't play together?
3: I mean, we're still going to have plenty of matches coming up here. You know, we we just advanced forward in the FA Cup. So that's another match that we have to add to our calendar. We've got a two-leg Champions League draw against Atletico Madrid. We have, you know, less than a week in between most of our uh, Premier League matches now. One injury and look at this you know knock on wood and Golo Conte gets back to being healthy but that's not a guarantee so you have to consider that in your calculus as well as you also rotate other players in um you know look if you the thing is if you loan him at the end of the month here's the challenge let's say you loan him to champions uh, championship side right which is probably the most likely situation get a few more games, uh, keeps him in England, uh, could potentially be close to getting back to the club if there's any need for fitness recovery, things of that nature. Maybe he gets, um, you know, 10 full 90s, you would hope. Like, but is that going to be enough? You know, how many full 90s does he need or how many minutes does he need for Scotland to be okay with him for the Euros? And I think that's the thing. That Frank and the club should really try to make sure to understand from the the Scotland national team side and figure out if we can offer that, because I I think we should be able to, because to the point that Nick was making, I'm going to go to the eye test here. The difference with Billy on the pitch and Jorginho on the pitch, you you can take all the, the stats out of it. It's the speed at which they pass the ball. When Jorginho does those back passes to a center back and kind of recycles or to the goalkeeper, they are very slow. Like It is a very slow ball. What Billy Gilmore doesn't do is he doesn't do a slow pass. Every pass has a lot of power. It's, I think, better weighted. And it hits those center backs so quick that they can then move forward with speed. They don't need to kind of take a moment to uh, reshift or reshape or kind of recondition what direction they're going. And he also cuts a forward ball, uh, particularly on the ground, forward extremely fast. And and so those are the things, you know, and Nick, I'm sorry to steal the eye test from you, but like those are the things that if we are going to break down sides that are going to be more compact that are going to give us limited windows, we need someone willing to. And, and I think, you know, look, like the other, you know, other side of this is you know it's a little bit more of a gambler's approach right you're going to gamble that you can cut it through um and a lot of the times that gamble has not paid off for Jorginho this season i would like to see billy get that run because i think it would pay off for us
2: is it a meritocracy or isn't it i don't know i mean we've talked about it five times in the last five pods if it is you watch the performance that happened today you have to play in the next game Same with Callum. Same with Tammy. Same with Zuma. (laughs) I I mean, like, and if it isn't, then we're going to know. That's that's it. And I realize that there is a mix to this, right? You have to get Timo Werner scoring goals again. (laughs) It is, it has to happen, (laughs) right? So the reason he's given chances is because we know what he can do. But, At the same time, you have a guy in Tammy Abraham and Olivier Giroud who are doing that job already. (laughs) They've already stepped up, right? You have to get Kai Havertz playing well, but it just doesn't look like it's going to happen. So you have to play midfielders who can do that job because results are the only thing that matter right now. That's it. It's not favoritism or any of that other stuff. It's not the Euros even. You know, fuck that. I'm sorry. I know the Euros are important to Olivier and Billy and a, a lot of the other guys, but... If you're Frank Lampard, winning football matches at Chelsea Football Club is the only thing that should be under consideration, which is why for Kyle Tamori going out on loan or the thought of Billy Gilmore going out on loan when they have been uh, better performers than what's currently in the, in the squad is so frustrating to me. Like, so, I like. sorry to go on a rant there, but that's... I don't know. I, I'm puzzled.
0: So, let, let's talk about that a little bit, right? So, as we're talking about Frank and... And what's he going to do with his team and, and formations and tactics going forward? Because we have to quickly look ahead <laughs> at playing Wolves back in the Premier League. We we are not a championship team. We are not playing Luton Towns every week. Uh, look, the two names, again, are Pulisic and Timo. How well or not well are they doing while Kalam hudson Adoy soars on the sideline? So kicking it off with Timo, Dan, I think the problem right now to Nick's little point right there is that he's got two people ahead of him in the strikers pecking order that are doing the job. Like we, we don't need a third striker right now. Obviously he offers something different. You can say as a higher ceiling, we spent big money on him, but for whatever reason, Frank hasn't gotten the tune out of Timo. He's continued to play him. He played him in a new position today. I. What do you think we can do with with him? I mean, poor Timo missing the pen like salt in the wound.
3: Yeah, this was the type of game that you would expect a striker or a player who's out of form, who's at a Premier League club uh, against a lower league side. You know, to get the confidence shot in the arm that they need to press forward and, and rebuild a little bit. And look, there was the assist, which was good. Um, whether he meant it or not, I'm not going to debate that. An assist is an assist on the record, so he gets credit for that. Um, you know, there was the first call for a penalty, which when your arm is going backward and your body is going forward, just because you didn't fall to ground quick enough doesn't mean it shouldn't be given. So I would say that he also. Put himself in a dangerous position. Um, and Didn't get a reward for a penalty there. Got the reward for the second penalty from captain, deputy captain Mateo Kovacic, uh, just slicing a nice ball through. I just, his form was different on the penalty. Like he has definitely put a lot of power on his penalty kicks. Uh, previously had been doing really well. Uh, I think it was on a run of uh, eight penalty kicks uh, converted. And this is uh, his first miss in a pretty substantial amount of time, you know, since October, 2018. So I, I just don't know what you can do. You, you freed him up of all defensive responsibilities. He really wasn't responsible for tracking back or covering anyone. He was really left to, to roam and find goodness where he could, Nick. And it, it, I appreciate his heart. I appreciate his persistence, but it is just it's it's rough to watch right now. It's rough to watch and, and know that like it's got to be killing him the same way. It's you know uh, you know unfortunate for us to watch too.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, he had a better game today than he has in previous games. So like, I don't w- I don't want the discussion to be like how how bad it was or whatever. I mean, the the penalty miss is is dreadful for him. Just put your laces through it, man. Like. <laughs> smash it and and have it go in off the goalkeeper's head or something you know i mean like you got to just give yourself the the best possible chance there for success and his previous penalties have been pretty hard strikes uh so you know i think he's just he's bereft of confidence i mean that's that's what it is and i don't know the answer but you know I, 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 I struggle with this a lot because, you know, you you could have played Callum for Pulisic or Timo today, and my guess is Callum would have played better than either of them, although I think they both had positive impacts on the game. They were not at their best, and Chelsea should be beating Luton Town six, seven goals to, to one or two. You know, there there should just be... A better overall performance there. So, I he's going to keep playing him, I guess. Uh, and, and I hope it gets better. But I would have expected against a championship side that he would have scored a, a hat trick like Tammy. And it just didn't come remotely close to that.
0: Is it inappropriate to bench him and just say, Timo, you got to figure it out? You have to work hard in training and prove that you deserve these minutes. Same thing with with Christian I think today too, right? But if Hakim Ziyech is healthy, he should play ahead of Christian and and Timo right now. Callum hudson Adoy should start at, against Wolves. And then from there you say Timo you you have to earn your minutes as a striker or as a winger, I, you know, here are your options. You have two ways into the team, but you have to outshow Olivier Giroud and Tammy Abraham uh, and then Akim Ziyech and Calum hudson Adoy. Until then, you don't get the minutes. I, I don't know if Frank can't do that because of the money we spent on him, again, because of a ceiling thing. But to me, it just seems like team over should not be playing. And he's sat other players and said, prove it in training. And Frank's done a good job at backing his word and saying, if you prove it in training, you will get your chance. But it seems like, why why can't we treat Timo Werner that way? And it's just a weird thing, I think, for us looking in, trying to understand how that dynamic works. I don't know. Uh,
2: yeah. I think one of
3: the other things is he's he's been healthy, right? He's been available at periods of the season where Christian had a hamstring issue. ZS was out initially. Uh, Callum working his way kind of back into his fitness, too. And, and so, like, his availability has been something that Frank has been willing to take advantage of but I almost think similar to the situation that we're seeing with Christian right now, giving someone who is a game benefits on pace, who would benefit from, you know, progressive passes into the final third being executed in a really quick fashion. I think Billy being in the lineup would be a good thing for both Christian and for Timo. And then I think the other thing is if you bring them off the bench, 60th minute 65 minute a couple matches that's where they can just go after a Premier League defense that potentially has been run a little ragged by the likes of of Callum and Tammy and maybe they find some goodness in just a a late a late fluky goal that gets them started on a run and primes the engines here because neither of them Pulisic or Werner is anywhere near what either of them were doing At the tail end of their last seasons, which led us to think that the beginning of this season was going to be really, really great.
2: No, I mean, look, I I am of the opinion that this style of play, this high possession, Chelsea playing every player in the opponent's half and trying to make something happen while facing 11 guys behind the ball, essentially – is a tough way for Christian and Timo to play, players that like to operate in space and take one-on-one challenges and you know make the most that they can. There's there's very limited space for those guys, and that's not to make an excuse for them because they also aren't performing, um, both of them. Christian had a couple of really good chances today, fluffed them. Uh, Timo obviously did the same. Uh, Tammy took his. Ziyech had a couple of good passes, although I don't know if I would say that Ziyech was like lighting the world on fire either. Um, but he played better. Moments. Yeah, he played better for sure. So uh, you know, look, if it's a meritocracy, then then Callum should play. Like that I'm I'm not I'm not fighting that. Um if it's a meritocracy, Gilmore should play. Mount should play. <laughs> you know, like it's very easy to kind of go down the line with who's performing and just damn the price tags at this point. Cause results are all that matter. Like you have if it's you have to play every player who's ever played for the academy to get a result at Chelsea Football Club, then that's what you damn well do. Like that's it. I think right now, as supporters, that's
0: all we want to see too. N- nothing fancy. Don't care who's out there. Just want to see the results go Frank's way and the club's way. Um, again, that's why I'm content in isolation today. Right. That 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 was my three word match review, and it it has to stay limited to that because as you start to zoom out like now now i start to get worried again you know i've mentioned the w word a couple times in this in this in a review uh wolves are next they're not in the greatest uh position right now but that doesn't you know we can't take anything for granted
2: well here's an interesting thing that our friend grant james just tweeted about 10 minutes ago which i I knew in my heart, but I'm glad he put it on paper. (laughs) Um, Essentially, when Chelsea... So since Wolves were promoted two seasons ago, right? um, When we've played them with a back four, they've beaten us twice and and drawn us once. When we played with a back three and and or back five, however you like to frame that for yourself, uh, we beat them uh, 5-2 and (laughs) 2-0. Um. Wolves like to play a back three typically, so one one might think about even a formation change.
4: <gasps> wow, shocking
1: <laughs> I You know,
2: it is interesting though, right? Because to match up against a team that does play a definitive style, and, and that's been Nuno's formation basically since he got in the Premier League, right, Dan is. Is an interesting thing to think about. Now we're not doing a, a full preview here, but I did find that to be an interesting uh, little tidbit. And
3: look, you know, I think uh, I had to block a few people on Twitter today because I just put out there, like you know, that Callum Callum should start, and it uh, apparently is a divisive opinion to say that someone who gets dispossessed less, who gives up the ball less in those final third areas, and and look, I, I think all three of us would be over the flipping moon if Christian Pulisic immediately tomorrow got back his project restart form and was tearing things up. But that is just not where his performance level has been right now. It it is exactly the same as Timo, right? Like he is just, he's getting shots. He's not converting. And like, you have to go with a player. And I, I, you know, people want to point out, oh, it's the same thing. They're taking the sample size of one. Well, you know what? Against Leicester City he didn't perform when he got his chance to start. Remind you, he's only started three times in the Premier League this season. He's only had nine starts out of 18 performances this season. And he has five goals and two assists to the one goal that Christian Pulisic has. I just, it doesn't equate. Like, I'm sorry. It's a bad faith argument. It's a straw man argument to go back to point two, just a Leicester City result where our entire team was kind of terrible. And he also play, you know, kind of had to play on the has had to play on the right a substantial period of the time. He is much better coming in from the left, as we saw today. And so, a front three, you know, if we do that three four three, or if we play kind of like a more of a back five, um, where you have, you know, Zies on one side, Tamir Giroux up top, and you have Callum on the other on the left hand side. That's going to be really really challenging for you know the wolf side to kind of compete against Bren
0: well i mean i have to ask you to save all the rest of these juicy takes for that match uh well i guess we're not gonna have time for a preview but anyways uh for afterwards but it, it's fair right now it's it's hard to argue against callum so we'll we'll see what he does for that one um you can go ahead and and, and start to wrap us up with your dan of the match Uh, And then we'll go ahead and look at some of the other results in the fourth round and what is coming up in the fifth round of the FA Cup.
3: Well, it was uh, no surprise that the hat trick hero, Tammy Abraham, uh, Tammy Abraham hat trick Claxon, as our friend Chelsea Youth tweeted out, got 69 percent of the vote. It was Mason Mount with the other eight percent. I was sorry. Gilmore had 21 percent. Mason Mount had eight and then other was two percent. But you know what? Like, I mean, come on. That 2% is, on, like, I within guess. the margin of error, so...
2: The, this was a gimme, so...
3: <laughs> do, I can only make it so easy. I could have just put Tammy Abraham four times, but, uh, you know, I tried to hope that common sense would prevail, and it uh, did not.
0: Are you doing other to allow for write ins more easily?
3: Look, I, 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 I was kind of torn. I didn't know who to go with for a fourth option, and I was a little sleep-deprived, so uh, I gave myself an easy out. <laughs>
0: Fair enough. I appreciate your honesty, Dan. Uh, again, 4 a.m. kickoff. That means you're up before 4 a.m. is is no easy task. Uh, some of the results uh, in, in the fourth round, I think, are maybe maybe interesting. Southampton beating Arsenal. Uh, I think that was uh, an interesting thing that we had. Um, Man City just smoked through West Ham. Are in good form, so they won four nothing over Doncaster. Everton beating Sheffield Wednesday three uh, nothing. You know, I'm just slowly making my way around to finally tell you. In case you forgot, Manchester United played Liverpool. United 3, Liverpool 2. Bruno Fernandes,
2: free kick at the end to win it. Super obnoxious. Um, Uh, You cannot give them set pieces. Manchester United are not a good football team unless they have set pieces to thrive on. It is incredible. That any team would go in with a game plan that is like a hyper-aggressive tackling. Just let them beat themselves. What are you doing? God, it's drives me insane. I Just dumb. Dumb, yeah. dumb, dumb, dumb across the board.
0: I, Manchester United are just frustrating the hell out of me and quickly climbing my rivalry rankings without a doubt this season. Just... The worst. Uh, Liverpool on a pretty abysmal run themselves. Worse than us. <laughs> um, obviously, Wild. right. And and I think that's a fair talking point that Klopp has won trophies, therefore can endure it. Frank has not, therefore is under high scrutiny, uh, which is really interesting. Um, but you could also say that they're in a much better place in the table than, than we are as well. Uh, Dan, looking ahead to the fifth round matches, we knew once we got past Morecambe that it would actually be a pretty great round four, round five, as long as we took care of business and got there. And I, you could probably argue we have one of the best draws again, like we expected.
3: Yeah. I mean, there's definitely been a little magic of the FA cup here, but some of the Titans are starting to fell the smaller size as it stands. You mean you have a, a wolves Southampton match coming up that will be pretty spicy, Man United versus West Ham. Leicester versus Brighton. You would imagine Everton versus Tottenham. Sheffield Wednesday and Wycombe could could prove us wrong, uh, but I I don't think that would be the case. Burnley versus, uh, I would imagine, uh, Bournemouth, but it could be Crawley. Let's Uh, go Crawley Town. Woo! But I mean, like, so you're starting to see the Premier League sides kind of make it through, and we were one of the teams that fortunately avoided another Premier League side as we head into the fifth round here. So, look, we've we got an easier draw than most, and we need to take advantage of it. And no reason we we shouldn't advance like that. That's just the reality of the situation.
2: Has Has the date been set yet?
3: It's uh the the February 10th, 10th. time frame.
2: Okay. So that's a Wednesday for those. Um, it's a midweek, midweek FA Cup planning for that.
0: Yep, yep, yep. I, I look. Um, it's great to see Liverpool get dumped out. It's great to see that we've got another lower table opposition. Um, I I'm looking at that Man United West Ham one too. With uh, Moyes has West Ham cruising right now. If they can, they, they're probably thinking they have a good shot. You know, at this FA yep. Cup stuff. Yep. So. Um, we'll, we'll have to see how that goes, but I think the most of them, you can probably pick how they go barring any crazy injuries or, you know, some COVID related, uh, issues that go. So anyways, uh, FA cup is, uh, is a big one for Chelsea as a club and fans. I think they said we're nine time winners. I'm not going to pretend like I'm spot on with all the the history here. I just know that we won it quite a bit and we love it. Frank having lifted it many times, it's good to see in isolation progress in the FA cup. Um, it it's what big clubs do. Chelsea are a big club. We have to take care of business and we're doing it. I don't care if it's an easier run than the others. We're taking care of business We just hope that we can continue to take the lift into, into wolves. So we didn't really get into the tactics and Frank's decisions and things like that. I think this was a good opportunity to just appreciate certain individuals and, and what they've done. Uh, on a on a good day for the club so anything else you guys want to touch on before we wrap dan i just there's
3: two matches left in the month in the premier league it's against wolves and against burnley and uh wolves little bit resurgent burnley just out of nowhere finding some you know it's the, the the new owner syndrome uh affecting them with the future future sites of dollar signs but they they look Really tough at the moment, and so uh, those will not be easy no. matches to go out and win. But you win those two, and you feel much better about where we stand in the Premier League. Yeah, you know, Leicester City were are, are still a great team currently this season. Man City are great again, unsurprisingly. And yeah, you know, but we end that, and then you start February with a match versus Spurs, and then you get a match versus Sheffield, and so you very quickly could rack up two, three wins and potentially one draw and feel much, much better about where Frank and McLeod stand.
0: Wolves only have two points in the last five, at least in the Premier League. I can't see past that. Good time to play them, if any. Uh, Burnley with six points in the last five. Uh, Beats us. We've got four points
2: in the last five.
0: So this is something we need to
2: turn around, Nick. Uh, Anything over for you? I, I am intrigued to see if there is a distinct approach for that Wolves game. I mean, they are down their best player. <laughs> I mean, and they beat us without their best player in December. I mean, that was not that long ago. And I think that that match was maybe alongside the Everton match, like a tipping point where we're up in that match 1-0. Looks pretty comfortable, and then it just completely falls apart. Uh, so I, I hope that Frank is ready for that because it's – they're a tricky side to play, and we've had some pretty good success against them. But it's, uh, yeah, it's 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 a that's a landmine game, I think for sure. And, and Burnley, stylistically, we should whoop them. We had the last handful of times that we played them; um, th- those matches haven't been close. But you know, again, it's when it rains, it pours. When you when you're not playing well, and every other team seems to be playing better. That's that's what we're up against. You just have to start slaying these dragons, you know.
0: Yeah, I mean, Wolves lost three two to West um recently. Uh, lost Everton, beat Palace. Uh, Drew Brighton, lost the United. Drew Tottenham, lost to Burnley. You know, so they're going to be fighting, scrapping. Obviously, they beat Chorley in the FA Cup, you know, e- as expected. But uh, yeah, it's definitely uh, scrappy time for them. Um, scrappy time for us just on different levels and things like that so we'll have to see but look uh, plenty of content coming at you guys this week Uh, looking forward to that hope you enjoyed uh, a day out on Sunday hope you got your naps in yesterday and uh, you're able to enjoy the rest of your Sunday Uh, but that's going to wrap us up so again uh, get in touch with us on the show Uh, best way to do this through our our discord on Patreon Um, chat with us throughout the week Uh, but another big week for Chelsea and everything Uh, plan your schedules appropriately we will be back With Matlaw, post Wolves, pre Burnley, big week ahead. So until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do keep the blue flag flying high.